Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. It's Zach Van Norman coming to you with Once Upon a Fan's weekly podcast. Uh, welcome to our latest episode. Hope you guys are all having a nice evening today. I am joined by my regular co-host, Amy Hood. Amy, how are you this evening, my love? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. Excellent. Glad to hear that. Okay. So we were going to just go through um, a little bit of a new thing here today. We're going to just do our normal news roundup and then get to some other discussion about the episode and a couple of other things. Kind of going to change it up a little bit today. So uh, for the news roundup, first thing we're going to talk about is um, the People's Choice Awards because that's going on for the cast right now. We've got a couple of nominations going on. Uh, Jenny Goodwin is nominated for Favorite Sci-Fi Fantasy TV Actress. We've got Emma and Hook up for Favorite On-Screen Chemistry. Uh, Once Upon a Time itself is up for Favorite Sci-Fi or Fantasy TV Show. And then Once Upon a Time in Wonderland is up for the Favorite New TV Drama. So make sure you go to peopleschoice.com and get voting on that. want to get uh, as many votes as you can for our actors and actresses. Amy, I'm sure you've been voting like mad like I have, right? Yes, on the website and through Twitter, because People's Choice actually has it set up where you can use hashtags and your tweet counts as a vote. So for people that are just on the go all the time and don't have the opportunity to sit down, log in, go to the People's Choice site and everything, you can actually hashtag the category name and then hashtag People's Choice, and you can submit votes via tweets as well. And if somebody retweets your tweet, that also counts as a vote. So. I've been nuts. Sorry, all my followers, if I've been spamming you with all kinds of people's choice votes, but we want to make sure that our shows and our actors do really well. So that's definitely something that the fan community can get behind. Absolutely, and I am retweeting some of that even now as we speak, so there we go. (laughs) All right, and then the next thing that we've got is, let's see here, Um, Enchanticon is coming up next week. So that's going to be very exciting. Amy, would you like to tell us a little bit more about that? So excited about Enchanticon. And the more I look at the websites and people's feed on Facebook and Twitter, the more excited I get about it. I've seen so many amazing cosplay costumes just today even. I mean, I've seen a little bit before, but today I was really looking at all the people that are going to be coming and dressing up and playing their favorite characters, whether at the actual con days or for the, the fairy tale ball. Uh, but the actual con is November 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. It's that weekend. And Once Upon a Fan is going to be hosting a panel for the fans on the 24th, which is that Saturday. And then most of the, the fan site staff are actually going to attend the fairy tale ball that evening as well. But we're going to be hanging out at the con that day. We're going to be doing some interviews with some of the cast. We're actually, there's going to be a drawing so that someone gets to sit in with one of our groups and interview one of the cast members. So that's kind of a big thing right now that's happening, too, as far as the participants. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting. I'm really excited to uh, to interview, you know, one of our cast members there. Um not sure if we want to say who it is or not yet, or if we just want to keep it a surprise, so I'm just going to keep it under wraps for now. Um, but, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be very exciting. Um, yeah, it's going to be Saturday, November 23rd. Um, it's going to be at 6 p.m. It's going to run about an hour or so. Uh, we're going to be in the Tampa Bay area, and it's going to be in room number one. And so that's one of the barns there. That's where you'll find uh, our panel's discussion going on. So make sure if you are in the area and you've got your tickets to EnchantaCon, you come on down and see us and, you know, see what we're going to talk about because we do have a pretty good presentation going on 
um, lots of, you know, fun surprises and things like that. Um, a number of us are also going to be walking around Disney World in the days before the convention. So, you know, if you're out and about, you know, you may see a couple of notices on Twitter or Facebook about where we are. So we definitely want to see you. Um, we will have unicorn stickers for anybody who comes and sees us. So, you know, for everybody who's been following since the premiere of the Neverland storyline, of course, Snow White will win you over with rainbow kisses and unicorn stickers. So we're going to make sure that we get you guys at least the stickers. Uh, we don't know about the rainbow kisses because, you know, <laughs> legalities and things like that. And honestly, exactly. you know, we don't need to get that close to personal, like, with each other, right? And well, until we all have a big old love fest at, you know, a Chanticon and we're all just falling all over each other in a big love puddle because, you know, we all <laughs> love Once Upon a Time so much and we're just dorks, but yeah. So, on to the next little bit here of what we got. Um, Okay, so we've never really talked on this show about spoilers, and so we kind of want to have that discussion tonight because there's been a lot of spoilers going on on social media with, you know, set pictures being taken by the paparazzo and things like that. So, you know, we do want to have that discussion because we do try to avoid the spoilers as much as we can. Uh, Me and Amy personally like to watch the show unfold you know, live every week. So we're not necessarily trying to get into those too hard. Uh, We don't really want to talk about it too much. So, you know, don't expect to hear that kind of thing because we just, we like to watch it live. It's a lot more fun for the story. It's a lot more fun to just be surprised, at least in my opinion. I don't know, Amy, what do you think about that? I don't want to speak for you. I feel the same way. And I can understand, and I don't have anything at all against people who do want the spoilers because I remember there was... Oh, definitely not, yeah. Yeah. There was a little while during season one where I was absolutely rabid looking for spoilers and hints and what's happening and who's this character and, you know, how's it going to unfold. So I can understand that. But for myself, I have found that it's much, much more fun and I get that, you know, that magic that everybody loves about watching the show and getting pulled into it if I don't seek it out. I don't even really watch uh, very many of the uh, the sneak peeks that come out. I don't even watch those because I love to sit down and just be involved in it like every other viewer, the way it's meant to be watched. So I don't look at spoilers either. And I so, so I understand people looking for them and seeking them out. What I don't like, and I think it's just horrible social media etiquette, is for people who post them without saying, hey, spoiler alert. And Twitter actually recently just had an update, and I'm not even sure if everyone's aware of this that hasn't logged into the Twitter in the last week or so. But now there is no way to uh, to field it where we can't, you, you don't see the photo. So if somebody posts a photo on Twitter, if you're on your phone, you can disable that. But if it's, you know, on your computer, the picture automatically opens. So I know that that's definitely something to think about for people who are posting the spoiler pics because I know a lot of people don't want to see it. I know you don't. I don't. I love the surprise, and we really feel like people should not just throw it out there. It's so much better when you don't know. Yeah, I feel the same way for sure because, um, I mean, I you know, there's – that Twitter update that kind of just shows pictures before you look at them. I was kind of surprised by that actually, but yeah, um, spoilers for me, they just kind of, they ruin it. Um, I found like, I'm thinking back to season one versus season two, because in season two, you know, especially when, you know, 
we started seeing a lot more of like you know pictures being taken from the set on the website on onceuponafans.com. Um, I started noticing that my expectations for the show, like I wasn't enjoying it as much, and I really feel that the spoilers had a big part to play in that, at least for me. Um, I really just, I, when I think of the difference, because in season one I didn't know anything. I went into every episode blind, and I loved the way that it was unfolding because I tried to figure it out on my own, and I didn't really know anything about what was going on. But then in season two, I did know a couple of things that were happening beforehand. Um, like, you know, when they, you know, spoiler alert for anybody who's listening to this and hasn't finished up season two, I'm giving you fair warning. We're about to discuss that. So in season two, when August gets turned back into, you know, the wooden boy at the end of Brave, Selfless, and, you know, Brave, Truthful, and Unselfish, I think was the name of that episode, um, we saw, at least why I saw at least, you know, the set pictures, like, from people who were just there visiting, and, you know, it kind of ruined it because I knew what was going to happen. And so in season three, it was, I've really enjoyed the fact that the Neverland stuff has all been inside the studio because there hasn't been any spoilers on that at all. I haven't had any idea of what was going to happen whatsoever in Neverland. And that's part of what I've liked about that part of the story. It's been so much fun because I didn't know. So that's how we feel about spoilers. Um, if you guys enjoy spoilers, by all means, go ahead and, you know, look them up and, you know, have fun talking about them and, you know, figuring out whatever you think is going to happen. We just don't want to talk about it here on the show very much, so just don't expect to hear that. That's all. All right, and then so let's see. Moving on here, so let's get into the episode discussion now because it, there was a lot going on uh, because we got to see finally what was happening back in Storybrooke with, you know, Belle and everything like that. So let's get to that part first. So I kind of want to just start this off with one of the questions that we have on the staff roundtable that will be appearing online on the website. Um, which is, you know, Belle. Um, you know, she's kind of a return to form to her. Uh, so what do we think about Belle's storyline and the whole storybook thing in general? Um, so, Amy, what do you think? I'll let you go first. I was so excited by the storybook part this week. I loved, loved, I've mentioned before that I feel like when the seven dwarfs are on there, it's such classic Disney, and I love Team Seven. Everybody knows that. I'm constantly tweeting pictures and things and talking about it. And all the actors who actually play the Seven Dwarfs are really, really great guys. I'm sure most of our followers also follow them on Twitter. They're always right there to interact with fans and talk to them. And I was so excited to see them. And it was so funny with Happy, who's played by Michael Coleman, talking about how since Snow and Charming have been gone, nobody's died in the town. And it was such cute comic relief. and. This week, I feel like Belle really got back to the type of character that I had always wanted her to be. I really liked her in Skin Deep mm-hmm. in the first the first season. I felt like she was really right. strong. And this week, yeah. she like she had a purpose and she had something to do. And she, you know, she was strong this week. I guess for lack of a better word. So I loved the Storybrooke stuff this week. Yeah, I'm right with you there on that. Um, I thought that it was. I really thought that it was more of the, you know, the skin deep type of Belle, like what you were saying, than, you know, the Belle, the lacy kind of combination that we got in season two. That was just kind of, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't the Belle that I had known from the first season. So that's why, you know, it was, it was just whatever. But um, I'm loving, I'm loving what they did with her in this episode. Um, and that they paired her with, you know, Ariel and that she, you know, really figured out stuff really quickly, like their escape and things like that from the pawn shop. So, um, I was really, really happy with what, you know, the whole thing with what they did with her and that, you know, she was, you know, 
in play, so to speak, in the in this whole thing from the very beginning of the episode. That they started it with, you know, the finale of season two, and then just immediately progressive from that point. I thought that was great. Um, it was just a nice touch, and and yeah, I just thought that I loved Belle. I loved the whole thing. The storybooks part was just awesome. So, um, talking more about the storybook stuff, since there was a little bit of a, you know, there was a reveal about who the two guys are you know, who had kidnapped Belle, well, at least tied her up, um, yeah. which, once again, Belle gets tied up in a situation. That was, <laughs> that's honestly part of what I was so happy about with Belle because in the past she was, like, really going damsel in distress hardcore, and, like, I really didn't like that. And now she's back to being able to, you know, like, it thinks her way through the problem, and, you know, they got out of it pretty quickly. Just, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, I loved it. I was, yes. But the reveal, of course, that the two guys... <laughs> Yeah, exactly, yes. But the reveal, of course, was that the two guys who tied her up and everything were trying to cause the problems were John and Michael Darling, which, of course, then, you know, went right with the reveal that Wendy is the person who is in the box. So to everybody who thought that, congratulations. And, you know, certainly Yay. thought it was a possibility. I wasn't sure. Amy, I know that you thought it was Wendy in the box. So Yes, yeah, I was that so was... excited. Yeah, so, you know, that played a big part of what was going on over in Neverland over there. Um, and the funny, you know, the funny thing, too, which, Amy, if you want to point out the little Easter egg that you noticed in the car um, at the beginning of the episode. Oh, right. When For those of you who have watched the original Disney Peter Pan version, John and Michael, one of them, the little one, Michael, he's always carrying around that teddy bear in the cartoon. And, yes, Sarah mentioned it in the chat room just now. And John has the those glasses, well, obviously the character in Once Upon a Time, he was wearing the glasses, but hanging in their car was the teddy bear. It was hanging from their rearview mirror, and I actually didn't notice it the first time that I watched the episode through, but then when I went back and I watched it and I was looking at some of the screen caps as well while I was writing our recap, I was like, oh my gosh, that's his teddy bear from the original movie. So I loved that. I thought it was I love the little Easter egg things like that. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I loved it when you pointed that out to me. Um, and when we were talking privately about that, I thought that, you know, when I went back and rewatched the episode right before the show, um, but, you know, the podcast, rather, I was like, oh, the, oh, okay, there it is. All right. I don't know why I didn't see that before, but I was so busy, you know, like wondering, okay, is the shield going to come down? And, like, you know, what's going to happen with that? Like, and, you know, it was a pretty close call. So, you know, I thought that was pretty awesome. Um so, you know, kind of getting, you know, before we get into the Neverland stuff, because, you know, of course, Wendy being in the box and everything like that, I'm going to get to that in just a second, because I do want to go through kind of the storybook stuff first, because Neverland, I thought, had a, there was a lot more going on in that part of the story, so I want to make sure that we have enough time to discuss everything there. So, okay. magic running through the walls of the storybook mines. Okay, first of all, I thought that was kind of nifty, and I wonder, you know, if that's going to come back into play at any point, or if that's ever going to be a future plot point, or if it was just something cool that, you know, needed to get the shield activated. <laughs> like, if they had to assemble the shield, so to speak, you know, because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is, like, totally on right now, I think, on the East Coast. So. Yes, it is. Anyways. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that. Um, let me see. So I thought that was pretty nifty, and then the whole shield going up, you know, was pretty awesome. Honestly, we just talked about that, too. Um Okay, so John and Michael, let's talk. Let's get into that for just a second here, because they said the home office, like they mentioned the home office again, and I'm really wondering, like, who else is involved with the home office? Like, what is going on there? Like, 
I don't. I really want to know what that's all about because if there are still more people in the home office and it's not just you know them, like, or maybe yeah, I just it makes me wonder. Amy, do you have any ideas about that at all? Like, is there anything that you know of in like Peter Pan or Disney lore that would give us a hint on that or anything? Because I'm like just wondering. I'm really curious about that too because even Tamara had mentioned you know before she met her untimely death in previous season and in this season she talked about them not being alone, that there were tons of people that were working in this home office. So when they went back to Neverland and it turned out they had actually kind of been duped by Pan, at first I thought, oh, well, maybe that's just that's just it. There's no more home office. But now John and Michael mentioned the home office. So, I mean, I'm almost wondering if Pan has, you know, this whole, maybe all the Lost Boys, their family members are having to, you know, maybe they're the home office. Maybe he's forcing them the way he forced John and Michael to do whatever yeah, he wants that, that to is, do. Wow, that's a powerful thought, Amy. Wow, that's really awesome. What, an, ooh, what a totally creepy idea. Because, like, there is the whole thing of, like, you know, Pan has been keeping them alive, right? Like, mm-hmm. so that he can, you know, they can keep doing his thing, like, which is really creepy. I mean, that's, I mean, because they've been alive for over 100 years. Like, that's got to be something right. you know, like that. And, and has you know, Wendy which been in that you, tiny little cage all this time? I know, right? Like, you've kept her in a, seriously, in a box for, like, 100 years. Like, and I wonder how long it feels to her. Like, you know what I mean? I wonder how long it feels to be in Neverland for that long and to know that not very much time has passed. Like, I, it just makes me wonder if she can feel time pass. Like, I don't know. It's just a weird thought to wonder how time would work that way if you've been in the box for 100 years. But, you know, the other thing that I wonder about that with Pan keeping John Michael alive is, you know, remember in Manhattan when Rumpel offered to Neil to turn him back to being 14 again? It makes me yeah. wonder if, like, when they get back to Storybrooke, if Rumpel is going to, like, turn the clock back on John and Michael and turn them back into kids so that they can you know, like, relive everything. Because they already did that, too, with Pinocchio, right? Like, they turned him back into a kid, too. So, you know, it makes me wonder if, you know, like, kind of the Darling family is going to get it happily ever after that way and, you know, kind of get to, you know, do, like, get a do-over, so to speak. I it just, yeah, I'm curious about that because how I really want them to get that kind of happy ending because it sucks that they're way older than their sister now and she was older than them like it's a they're like totally stuck in the same situation that the charmings are stuck in being the same age as their kid like now now they're you know older than their older sister like and they've you know oh it's just like oh my god that's just such a great twist on the story i love what they did with that all right so okay a couple of other notes that i noticed about the storybook side of things granny at the diner Fabulous to see Beverly Elliott back on the, you know, Granny's diner again. Her one-liners were fantastic because when Archie comes over and is like, okay, that's the fourth cheeseburger that you've declined, you know, this week. You know, it's it's Mr. Gold, isn't it? And she's and Granny goes, it's certainly not my cooking. Like, okay, yes. that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly what I was looking for. Like. That's the granny yes. that I know and love, and that's the one that I've missed. I'm so excited to meet Beverly Elliott in Enchanticon next week. Um, that's going to be so awesome. Amy, what was what do you think about Granny this week? I love Beverly Elliott. She is hilarious. I actually did a Twitter uh, quick fire interview with her for the website about a year ago, and she is so 
smart and quick and witty in in you know just talking to her that she remind, even reminded me so much of the attitude Granny has. Granny always gets these amazing quick one-liners. I love it. She's always, you know, the, the comment that comes into my head is where she was talking about having to make, you know, hunt your own food in fairy tale lands and making meatloaf. Yeah, meatloaf back home. What a bitch. So, what a bitch. You know, always, yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she has the best lines. And Beverly is amazing. She sings. She's done movies. She's done TV. If you look her up on IMDb, her list yeah, of credits I've been, that they yeah, she does is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah she, I'm really that. looking forward to it next week a lot. She was, she's great. She's got great community. She's almost like the knave on Wonderland. Like I like watching her for the, you know, the comedy that she brings to it. So yeah, yeah, that's I I love seeing that with Granny. And then yeah, and then when Ariel walks in and she's like, no shirt. Didn't you see the sign? No shirt, no shoes, no service. <laughs> and then yeah. Leroy, you know, Grumpy is like. He's like, well, you have a dress code now? I remember some ruby outfits that are seared into my brain or something like that. Like, it was just, yes, I mean, yes. it was just a great, I mean, it was a fantastic scene. I loved it. I was like, I was really, really tickled by it. I thought it was great. Um, let me see. And then, okay, so after Ariel and Belle get together, right, and they go to, you know, figure out what the sand dollar is all about at the pawn shop, and that's when John and Michael tie him up and everything like that. Okay, okay. So when they first turn on the sand dollar, and he, you know, Rumpel delivers a message, and then it turns off. And then Ariel's like, he's really into being cryptic, isn't he? <laughs> like, okay. Well, yeah. I just have to say, like, <laughs> Ariel is really, like, her in, like her innocence and, like, is just, I don't know. There's something so sweet and cute and yet spunky about Ariel that I just love so much. Because later on, when they're pointing the gun at her, right, and she's like, I'm not afraid of you and you're gone, and not just because I don't know what it is. I was right. actually like, like, it actually, like, I laughed out loud. Like, and normally, you know, I'll just chuckle to myself, like, but I was actually like, laughing. I, I mean, that was a, the, her delivery, Joanna Garcia Swisher, I'm loving her as Ariel. Like, you know, we talked about it when, you know, she had her first episode. But I'm really liking her character even more because she's just, I don't even know what it is. There's just something so charming, really, I guess, about her. That, mm-hmm. And her, you know, the way that she's giving us, you know, such a great little mermaid. It's just, I don't know. It's just, I think it's awesome. What do you, like, yeah. it's just, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go off I on a tangent. Her, what do you think about all that? Kind of, I was just going to say that she kind of, for me, the way she she interacts so far with, like, Belle and just in general, it, it I already had missed. Uh, Ruby and Red's character so it really kind of fills that spot for me I feel like she kind of bounces off Belle really well because they kind of played it up last season where and before where Belle and Ruby kind of had this little friendship going on so that was really cute and she really filled that well and I do just want to add too that when I saw the commercial and Belle was tied up I was thinking, oh, my God, please, don't let her be kidnapped. Yeah. But I was so happy that they got out of it really quickly. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I was, I was, yeah, I'm just going to agree with you and make it short because I was worried about the same thing. Like, please don't make her a kidnapped victim, tied up, amnesiac, memory loss, damsel in distress, somebody needs to come save me person. Like, sorry, but I right. should just, like, do some kind of Matrix ninja style, break that chair in half. Like, 
get them out of there, and then they just go like Storybrook Angels on them. Like, you know, Cameron Diaz will <laughs> yes. jump in and be the third one. Like, they'll be getting a call from Blue Fairy, you know what I mean? Like, on some little silver box on the desk. He'll be there, somewhere. Charlie. Like, <laughs> exactly, yeah, okay. Like, Blue's Angels or something. You know, Blue's Fairies, right? Like, can it be like, some little special feature thing? Can we make that? Can that just be awesome? Yes. Okay. Oh, my God, you know what would be perfect for that? Flora Fauna and Meriwether from Sleeping Beauty. Hashtag, ah! just saying. Okay. Yes, yes. Right? Wouldn't that be fantastic? Okay, if they're just like some like some ass kicking like, you know, ninja group that is totally like that's what they wear under their habit at the you know, over at the gym. Okay, yeah. I'm, I like can go on and on about suit. that, honestly. <laughs> exactly, you know, like that's what's like underneath it. Like, suit. you know Exactly. One like red, just in, one in those blue, colors. One green. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep, exactly. you know, they've got the boots and everything, you know, like Okay, yeah, we could go on and on about that. I think that would be so funny, though. Okay. <laughs> and then also I noticed a couple of other lines of Ariel, like when they were looking in the pawn shop, and she goes, look at this stuff. I was expecting Belle to finish it and be like, yeah, isn't it neat? Isn't it neat? Of, yeah. I mean, yeah, it didn't, it didn't happen, but I was so expecting it to. I, was just, I mean, I'm just saying. I just thought that it was going to be so great. Like, <laughs> there's lots yeah. of little stuff there. Yeah, um, okay, and then also, also, okay, just have to say a couple things. Number one, Ariel and Belle were both separated from their men by Regina. Like, I realized that when they were sitting there in the pawn shop together, and, you know, she's talking about Eric and whatever, and I'm like, wow, like, Regina is the reason that these two princesses have never been with, you know, their men. What the F, Regina? Like, seriously, you're just messing with people's happiness. Like, and then, you know, she kept Snow White and Prince Charming together all that time, you know, and then did the curse. So, like, clearly the evil queen is not just out for Snow White. She is out for all of the Disney princesses. Like, there is some, you know, she's got some conspiracy thing going on. I don't know. Regina is just some crazy <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. I'm just, okay. That was a joke for anybody who, yeah. Okay, anyway, I'm just going to keep going. So, okay, so Pandora's box, right? Consequences of that. What do we think? Mm, well, that, I, first off, I love the box. On the side, they had the alpha and the omega symbol on it. So I think that we're going to mm. find out that that box was the, had something to do with the beginning of this whole Pan Rumple thing. And I think it's also going to be the end of the whole Pan Rumple thing. It's going to be what brings the solution. And that's what I thought of when I saw the Alpha and the Omega thing. I could not tell. It looked to me like something was written on the top around mm-hmm. the, that thing. And I couldn't see what it said. So I'm not sure what it says on it, if it's some other language or whatever. But I definitely, I like seeing, you know, Pandora's box. I like when they bring in other types of literature and myth and things that aren't necessarily fairy yeah. tale. I love the way that they mix that in. So I'm really excited to see exactly what happens with that box. And next week I know we're finally getting, you know, the Rumple backstory and what happened when he was little, and I can't wait to see all of that. Yeah, I'm. I don't know what to think about. I really, I'm agreeing with you that I think that it's going to have a lot to do with the end of the season, with well, at least this half of the season. Which it's really, really crazy to think that there's only four more episodes left, and then, well, I guess five, right? Eight, nine, ten, eleven. No, four. Okay, yeah. Four, so yeah. Only, yeah, only four episodes left before you know the end of the Neverland story. So we're, you know, we're getting there. 
Um, but it's yeah, that's so that's pretty exciting. But I do think that it's gonna have something to do not only with the end of the Neverland thing, but I think that that's gonna be you know Pandora's box is gonna be the catalyst for the second half of the season, and that's mm-hmm. going to be you know the problem because there was a TV Guide article. I don't remember if it was last week or the week before, but we talked about it on the show where they said that you know there was gonna be a new curse that everyone was gonna have to deal with once you know Neverland was done, and you know right. with Pandora's box involved, then that's you know obviously you know, maybe a hint at what's going to be coming. So I'm pretty excited to see what's going to happen with that, definitely for mm-hmm. sure. All right, so on the Neverland side of things, okay, so let's get into the Neverland discussion now because there was a lot going on with that too. Um, oh, wait, before we do that, though, Maureen, who is in, you know, a fellow staff member, hi, Maureen, um, here with Once Upon a Fan, she is in the chat room, and she's telling us that there's a hidden Mickey on Pandora's box. So, okay, Maureen, great. Now when we're done with the show, I'm going to have to go – you know, <laughs> take a look. Oh, oh, wait. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm going to have to go take a look and see where the hidden Mickey is. Thank you very much. Oh, man, I'm going to go nuts. Okay, so, first of all, you know, Ariel swimming in between realms. Um, kind of, yeah. I don't know how I feel about that whole thing, to be honest, because I feel like it kind of takes away from Rumpel's whole, like, thing of trying to get to our world in the first place and reunite. Like, why didn't you just call a mermaid to swim you there? I mean, I don't know. I'm just kind of just, I don't know. Well, maybe we'll see how that works out. But um, so Ariel went to Storybrook, and let me see. Okay, so Pan Shadow. Pan Shadow and the creepiness that is Dark Hollow, which is what the title of the episode was, with the red skies and the creepiness, and we're going to rip everybody's shadows out of them up against the creepy Halloween-y trees. And okay, no. I am not into Dark Hollow, okay? That place, whatever it is, needs some pixie dust, like nuclear, isn't that what Charm call it? Nuclear fairy dust? Yeah. Get pink yes. and some pixie dust and some happiness on that. Turn Dark Hollow into Rainbow Cove, okay, or something. Or turn it into Sunshine Valley, whatever. Like, just, it needs to be, you know, a little bit happier. Because that's what Emma said, you know, when they said that Dark Hollow was the name of the place. She's like, really? Why couldn't they call something like Sunshine Valley or Rainbow Cove? So, you know, they right. can just turn that into Sunshine Valley with some pixie dust and everything will be all happy and glorious. And then, you know, whatever. So, um, yeah, I just thought that Dark Hollow was really, really creepy, the actual place itself. Um, I was kind of, like, wondering if we were going to get a hint at Greg's shadow being there. Um, and yes, I, yeah, I, I was, was just kinda, about to say that, yeah. Yeah, and I'm kind of curious if we're going to see him again. Like, I wonder if he's really done or if it's just his shadow is hanging out and his body is just chilling somewhere, like, under a sleeping purse kind of thing or something. I don't know. Hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I was... I was wondering about that. That was actually the first thing I thought of when they were talking about Dark Hollow and this being a place where not only Pan's shadow is, but also the shadows that that are ripped away from their people. And because we saw that happen to Gray, who's played by Ethan Embry, and that was my first thought was, oh, is one of these going to be his character? And I was looking, trying to tell, but I couldn't see if there was anything specific to either of the shadows that look like him, because I'm assuming there are many, many in there. So I don't, that was definitely something that I thought about. And maybe he's not done. I mean, Tamara, obviously, she didn't get her shadow without. She's dead. But I, Greg, I think there's potential to see him back again. Yeah, I don't really know how I feel about that. So um, I, I Me really either, because I didn't I like him. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I kind of I'm excited that you know we might be able to see him again, but I'm hoping that like when he comes back from 
you know, creepiness incarnate Dark Hollow that he'll be a little bit nicer. I'm just saying. Right, like it'd be, right. You know, maybe he might have like, a little bit brighter personality. Yeah. See, I like Ethan Embry. I love Ethan Embry. I think he's oh, I love amazing. Ethan and Embry. I, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I loved him, oh, especially in Sweet Home Alabama. He was favorite Yeah, I loved that movie. Yeah, and they can't hardly yes. wait to. He was in that one, which was the first thing I yes. saw in him. But I really am loving I, – I told – yeah, I love that movie. So, yes. yeah. Oh, my so gosh. I love okay, him. So Maury, I just hate Greg. <laughs> oh, Maury just posted a picture on my Facebook page, and it is there is a hidden Mickey on that box. I am going to share this picture with everybody. On yes, Twitter, so I am I am at the Zach Van, everyone. So if you're interested in seeing that hidden Mickey, let me title it real quick. There we go. Awesome. I love hidden Mickey's. We actually every time we we live in Florida, so we have Florida resident annual passes. Whenever we go to Disney, we are always on the lookout for hidden Mickey's. I actually have an entire album on my Facebook. It's probably the largest album I have. And it's nothing but hidden Mickey's from the parks, the resorts, the cruise ships. It's just tons of them. We love hunting them down. And the more difficult they are to find, the better they are. Yeah, I have a book about finding all the ones that are in Disneyland, which is kind of a mm-hmm. cheat, I feel, so I don't really like to look at it if I ever, you know, go down there. But <laughs> I am very excited to, you know, get to look at them, you know, next week when we're in Disney World and trying to figure out – you know where they're going to be, and yeah. like, that's going to be pretty fun. I'm I'm pretty sure it's. And that, I'll have so. to point out uh, a bunch to you because those books that they publish probably only have about a quarter, maybe a third of all the hidden Mickey's in them. So you'll de- um, there'll definitely yeah. be some that you'll find that won't be in there. All right, so I just tweeted that out. Hopefully, it will go ahead and send. Please send. Just send. All right, cool. So that's it's on its way out on the Twitterverse. All right, so let's see. Um, keeping the Neverland discussion going on here, all right, the next thing that I want to talk about is they finally addressed the Neil-Emma-Hook triangle, which I was, mm-hmm. first of all, Hook telling Neil about the kiss in the beginning, I tweeted out, too. I said, you know, Hook, you're an ass, really, you are, because <laughs> you knew exactly what he was going to be doing when he did that. I mean, he knew exactly what that was going to do. Not, I mean, I'm sorry. I was, I was just like, really, dude? Like, come on. Cause, I mean, you know, maybe I'm biased. Maybe I'm biased because I'm, like, the huge Swamp Fire fan, and I know that, you know, Neil is Emma's true love, hopefully, and, you know, they need to just get together other than Henry. Just, yeah, it just needs to happen. So, anyways, um, I was just not into it. So, yeah. Um, I'm glad, though, that the, re- that the way that it got resolved was Emma saying that if she had to choose someone, she chooses Henry because he's the only, lo- you know, love that she has room for in her life. I thought that was you know, a great answer to that whole thing and a great reminder of what the whole point of being in Neverland is all about. Like, it's not, it's, you know, who's Emma going to be with? It's, you know, saving her son. So that was my, you know, opinion. What do you think, Amy? Yeah, I agree, too. I mean, I I think that Hook kind of maybe knew that Neil didn't really know, but maybe he really wasn't sure. Maybe he did think he knew, but I think he was trying to make his point. And, I totally agree with what Emma said. She doesn't have, ain't nobody got time for that right now. She does not have time right. to be, <laughs> figure exactly. out which one yeah. of these boys she wants to be with. She's there to get her son. So when they get back to Storybrooke, whenever this whole thing is done, then she can, you know, start trying to 
I don't know, take them on the dating game or pick one or the other. But right now, she definitely doesn't have time to be trying to figure that <laughs> oh out. Oh, my God, a storybook dating game? That would be fantastic. Yeah. That would be, that would be something to see. Like, Whale could, you know, host it, you know, Dr. Frankenstein. Like, yeah, totally. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I'm jumping back to Dark Hall for a second here. Emma using magic because she did. Um, you know, she used magic to light the candle and, you know, get that whole thing going on, which, of course, happened after Regina was giving her lessons. So the weird part of that is that Regina taught her how to do it and is, you know, how did Emma, how, what did she use to light the candle? Was she angry? Like, you know, I'm just really curious. I loved it. I love that she's using magic more. I want to see it happening a lot more, actually. But um, I'm just, yeah, I'm wondering how that's going to, you know, come into play later. Amy, what do you think about that? I think she was angry. I think she was mad because, you know, Neil and Hook, because they're fighting over her and they couldn't see the bigger picture of we need to work together, we're trying to get Henry, you know, they're still bickering over her. And because of that, you know, that kind of led to the whole mishap and the lighter getting lost. And, you know, it's not, you know, let's not have a, a... without the measuring tape here at this point. So I think she was ticked, and she used that anger mm-hmm. to be able to summon the magic, and she was able to light that fire. That's where I think she was able to do that. Yeah, I kind of, I'm with you on that, and I'm wondering if that's going to be the start of Emma, like, having a darker turn. Because even though, you know, she, I mean, she is my favorite character, and I don't want it to ever see it go this way, but I kind of do, I, I guess. Um, you know, Emma having, a you know, the darker side and having that part come out and maybe, you know, her using dark magic or something. I don't know. Like, I can just imagine, like, a pretty, you know, big arc for the Savior there. So I'm just, you know, really curious that if that's going to set anything off on that, too. And then, so mm-hmm. before they went there and she did say, you know, why couldn't it have been called something like, you know, Sunshine Valley or Rainbow Cove? I had a thought about the Rainbow Cove part of it. Like, what if it's somewhere else in Neverland? Like, if it's hmm. an actual place, and that's, like, the joke. Like, what if it's inside Skull Rock? Because, you know, that's where they're going next week, I guess, by the promo. So, you know, the, and the end of the episode, too. So what if it's called, you know, Rainbow Cove is, like, inside Skull Rock? It's like, wouldn't that be hilarious? It's like, that's where they end up having to go. And she's like, really? Like, I, yeah, I'm just saying. So this exactly. is something that I know. <laughs> yeah. And also with the shadows, too, I'm really looking forward to Marilyn Manson doing the voice of the shadow. I think it's in next week's episode actually isn't it yeah um, yeah it is yeah next yeah next week is when it's gonna which is called think happy thoughts so you know a great title to go along with his appearance on the show can't wait for that um mm-hmm. so all right the other thing that we're going to be you know discussing here is the charming fight and well i should well that sounds so weird i should say the fight between the charmings um you know david and snow white <laughs> the charming fight oh isn't that fight charming isn't it just charming, Amy? Yeah. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so uh, <laughs> just ridiculous. So, okay, a couple of things. First of all, he finally called her Snow White. He called her Snow after calling her Mary Margaret like two or three times. And I was like, finally, Thank dude. Goodness. Like, that is your, yes. really your wife's name. Like, can we get back to that now? Like, enough with the storybook names. Like, they're not their storybook people. They're their fairy tale people because that's who they were. Call them by their real names for crying out loud. Like, that's just my opinion. I agree. So, 100%. Okay. Yes. Yeah. She like, is, let's just get to Snow it. Snow White. Call her Snow White. <laughs> Exactly. Like, you met her. Her name was Snow White. It wasn't Mary Margaret. And I don't care, like, if you were cursed or whatever. Like, that curse has been broken for almost, you know, like a season and a half. Like, let's get back to calling them by their real names. 
And Emma even called him Prince Charming and Snow White. So can we just call him by what they really are now? I think that that's okay. Because then, you know, like, we can, you know, it'll be a lot easier. We don't have to figure out what the hell we're supposed to call him anymore. Like, we can just call him their storybook names. Anyway, (laughs) so... So that whole fight, right, like when Snow said that she would stay in Neverland to build a treehouse with him and everything, I kind of wasn't expecting that after she said last week she wanted to go back to Storybrooke and have a baby. But, I mean, even though it does make sense that she would, you know, want to stay with him, I was just kind of surprised by the fact that she said that. Weren't you? Like, Or were you, Amy? What do you think about that? I don't know. I kind of thought that, you know, I know she wanted to have a baby, but because he is her true love, I really didn't see her just thinking, okay, well, I'll just head on back to Storybrooke without you and find somebody else. So I, I kind of felt like, yeah, that that is what she would do. She would you know, want to be with this man no matter what. Because in the episode uh, back before in the previous season, remember she thought when she had been cursed, and she thought she wasn't going to be able to have children, and then they were able to rectify that, and yeah. then she was. You know, they. she was still, you know, she did want children, but she was always, even when she thought she wasn't going to be able to, she was. She knew that this was her soulmate, and she wanted to be with him no matter what. So, yeah, I kind of I kind of yeah. felt like... I agree. Um, I mean, I was, I I guess. I mean, I, I, like I said, I'm not surprised <laughs> that she would want to stay with him, but I was just kind of... I don't know, like, there was just something about it. I was like, well, yeah, that makes sense. And what she said makes sense. Like, her, she had completely reasonable logic, and it totally fit with her character. Like, that is totally what Snow White would do. But at the same time, I was like, you just wanted to go back to the server and have a baby. Like, that's just, yeah, I don't know. I was just kind of like, wait, what? Like, that's, what? Like, you want to stay? Like, like, can we say yeah. kind of like... You know, okay, can we grow some magic beans in Neverland, maybe? Like, can we find somebody to do that? And then that way, like, there's always a regular way back and forth to him. Like, I don't know. I thought that would be a lot more, you know, I just was wanted to see that play out a little bit more, I guess. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> but I love her line when she said, you didn't believe, David. You needed to believe in us. Like, when they were hugging, I thought that was so sad because he normally is the one who always has faith and, you know, believes. Right. And now it totally plays into the season's, you know, theme of belief and everything. So... I mean, I I thought it was just really kind of, I mean, it was heartbreaking, kind of, really. I mean, it was really sad to think that Prince Charming lost faith in in his love with Snow White. Like, oh, my God. Like, that's kind of, you know, that's heavy stuff for those two. So, yeah. It is, yeah. Yeah, and I, I thought so, too, about the whole him, you know, she when she told him he didn't believe, that that whole belief seems to be such a big central topic and theme throughout this season and I I thought that that definitely tied into that with him not believing and I don't mm. think personally that it was so much that he didn't believe in their love I think in his mind that no matter he was going to do whatever was best for his for this woman that he loves and even if that meant he had to sacrifice and not be with her that I think in his mind that's what he was thinking. But, I mean, I don't agree with it. I thought all along you should have just been truthful. But, yeah, I love the way that whole belief theme keeps coming in. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's really, you know, it totally plays into, you know, I feel like it's going to play into everybody really coming back into themselves. And, you know, maybe then that's when they will start calling them by their actual storybook names, maybe. Like when they have to deal with the consequences of Pandora's box because that's, you know, what they use to, you know, whatever. So, yeah, that would be pretty interesting. 
All right, so a couple more notes that I had on this one. The scene between Henry and Wendy. I thought it was really, really touching. I mean, even though, because when she said, you know, she's sitting there telling him about his dad, you know, telling him that, you know, you look like him and we were friends once. Like, I thought, I just thought that was really, really sweet. And, you know, I was kind of like, that, you know, I started doing the, you know, the hashtag on Twitter, Save Wendy, along with Save Henry, because I just right. was like, okay, this, this little girl needs to go home. She needs to go home to her brothers and see her family and just, you know, she needs to get the hell out of the, that island. Like, that's just, you know, that's enough. Like, just to think that, you know, she's been there the whole time that, you know, Neil has been, you know, doing everything, that the whole time everything has been going on, like Wendy has been trapped in the box. Like, it's just, it's really kind of sad. I mean, it's not really kind yes. of, it's sad. I mean, it's freaking tragic as all hell. So, I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, I was just really thought that that scene between them was really really awesome. I mean, not only because, you know, it, because of what she told Henry about his dad, but also because, you know, it really made me look at Wendy's situation and her character in a totally different light. Right, right. I thought that, that scene made me really sad for Wendy. That was, I, that actually to me is one of the best scenes of the episode, even though it was just, you know, kind of quiet. It wasn't action packed, but there was just that discussion between the two of them. And, yeah, Sam even mentioned, yes, she was lying about, you know, the illness and things, but, you know, she's being threatened and she kind of had to. But I love the the mentioning of Henry's father, and it just really made me sad for her because, like you mentioned, she, you know, Bay Neil was on this island. He talked about being there for, you know, 100 years, hundreds of years. And Wendy, now we see in this episode that she's been trapped there too, but she never got to get away. This poor little girl has been trapped there all this time with no one. No, her, She doesn't have her brothers. She doesn't have anything. She's completely alone. So that really just, that kind of solidified it when she talked about how they used to be friends a long time ago. Like she even lost yeah. him. You know, she lost that, that one friend and family and everything. Because we mentioned before about Neil, how, you know, everyone he's known growing up and everything is long gone. And the same is true for her now. Any of her family, other than John and Michael, because we just saw them, but everybody she knew mm-hmm. growing up, everyone's dead now. It's been hundreds of years. So, yeah, that's, I felt like that scene was really sad for her. Yeah, like I was really, you know, it was, that whole thing, that's why I really want Rumpel to turn the clock back and make John and Michael kids again. And, you know, maybe, I mean, it's, I mean, I don't know if it's like, if erasing Wendy's memory or, like, erasing all of their memories is, you know, kind of the right thing to do. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I'm kind of like, can we just give them, can we figure out some kind of way for these kids to have a happy ending? Because that's have a deal-over. <laughs> yeah, like, they deserve one. Like, if anyone deserves one, it's the freaking darling kids, like. I mean, let's give them a happy ending. Like, they need to, you know, they need to get home to at least be with each other or something. I don't, I mean, oh, my God. Like, because like you said, every, everyone that they know is gone. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just one of the saddest things. I mean, I wasn't really expecting that kind of twist with, you know, Peter Pan. Because, you know, everyone was, I think, was maybe expecting, I don't, I don't know what everyone was expecting, but it's just really, really sad. Like, it was just, yeah, it was pretty tragic. Um, so then, um uh, I'm going to keep going with this so we can get to Wonderland, too, and we want to make sure we talk to some folks. Um, let me see here. So, oh, okay. When Pink and Neil had their little scene, right, like when they 
And she said, is that really you? And he's like, yeah, it's me. And, you know, they were talking really quick. I was like, man, this is so, like, this is just a whole, so much because she's got a history with Hook and she knows Bay. Like, are we going to see that? Right, right. I don't know. Like, it was just like, okay, this, I mean, really got a lot more interesting. And I wish that there was more than just four more episodes to find out, you know, what happened with everybody. Because there wasn't any flashbacks in this episode. It was all, you know, going back and forth between Storybrooke and Neverland. So there right. wasn't, I mean, I, I really want to know more of the backstory, which I'm sure we'll get more of that. But I was just like, oh, my God, I want to know more. Like, get me more, please. Like, please, just a little bit more, like. One more yes. episode. Just yeah. make it a two-hour thing. Like, come on. Like, you know, just make it like a little Neverland movie. It'll be all right. Like, it'll work out. I promise. <laughs> ABC, do yeah, it. I, Please. It's I totally definitely awesome. like, with this week's episode, one of my favorite things about it was the fact that all of these traditional Peter Pan characters were, now they're together. They're, we had Tink, we had Pan, we had John, Michael, Wendy, all of these characters, you know, pretty much the whole core of the Peter Pan story was there. So I love that. And one thing, too, I forgot to mention, I wanted to ask you about what you thought about it. You know, Rumple offered for Neil to turn back the clock, make him young again. And you've been mentioning that you hope that's what he can do, it's something along the lines for the darlings. But that was not – oh, and Hook, yes, yes, Teresa mentioned Hook. I can never forget that Hook. Um, the that wasn't the first time Rumple had made that offer to someone because remember he offered that to Smee in a previous episode. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who of course is another Peter Pan character, so that you know, funny coincidence there. That's how that works. Yeah, he offered to to turn back the clock. So I wonder if he's done it before for someone. Maybe that has something to do with this whole history with them. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure, like, I've, I've, well, I mean, eventually we'll find out about, you know, Rumpel's past, which I think that that is, isn't that going to be next week, actually? Yeah, yes. I think they said, yeah, so next week is the one where we get Rumpel's dad, you know, and that whole thing. And it makes, you know, I do wonder what the history is between Rumpel and Pan. I'm, of course, it's the, my theory is that, you know, Rumpel was once a lost boy, um, you know, your son has, has his own Jacob, and I think that it might actually be what you think as well, if you want to tell everyone what that is. Well, Jacob, he actually didn't mention about the Lost Boy, but he thinks that Rumpel and Pan, well, he also does think that, that Rumpel was a Lost Boy, but he thinks that before any of, you know, that whole yeah. Neverland stuff happened, he thinks yeah, that, that Rumpel... Yeah and Pan knew each other when they were just plain old, regular, mortal human kids, that they were friends, and that that's how far back the history between them goes. So that's something that he thinks, and I'm starting to think so too. I mean, I really like that idea. I think that that would be awesome that these two were, you know, to think maybe they grew up and they were super close and, you know, something happened and, Yet again, you know, Rumpel loses someone that, you know, he was important to him in his life. So, yeah, I definitely, I'm so excited for next week's episode. I, it's, yeah, I just, the, I, uh, I love Peter Pan so much and, the, you know, the whole take on this whole story and, you know, where everything goes and, you know, that possibility of Rumpel and Peter Pan have been friends since they were little kids. Like, when mm-hmm. Rumpel is already 300 years old and, 
like so it's like they were both you know frozen in time but one of them young and one of them older like that's just such a play on you know their relationship that they could have i really love that idea a lot um and you know i think that that would be really really awesome you know that's what ended up happening too so um, all right, so, and then, of course, Regina, before the episode ended, when Ariel came back with Pandora's box and gave it to Rumpel, and, you know, Regina enchanted the bracelet so it would always work, she goes, okay, now you can have legs whenever you want, or a fin, whatever Eric is into these days. I just about <laughs> yeah. fell out of my seat, because, you know, there, was, there weren't a whole lot of Regina scenes this, you know, episode, but, the, of course, the few that she had, she gets the totally awesome one-liner again. Like, I'm just, oh, my God. I love Regina in Neverland. It's great. She's just, just I love Lana Faria's Her delivery, I swear, sometimes it's just, yeah, it's just hilarious. I just thought that was She's so amazing. funny. That was probably one of my favorite lines. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty much, you know, the whole thing of what was going on with the episode. Did you have a favorite moment or a favorite quote this week? Ah. Uh. I don't know if I had a favorite moment because for me, this episode is probably right up there and maybe my top three or top five of all the episodes so far. I love really? this episode. Yeah, I liked the Neverland stuff. I liked, you know, the whole, you know, how sad it was for Wendy. I it, It's weird for me to say that because I love Regina so much and this was not a Regina-centric episode, even though she did have probably the best line of the episode, you know, at the end when she's like, yeah, well, legs or a tail, whatever Eric's into these days. That was probably mm-hmm. one of my favorite lines. But I, I like the stuff so much. I love the Team 7 and, I, you know, the going back and forth. So this is, this is definitely probably one of my favorite episodes yet. I thought it was really good. Cool. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it was definitely one of the, the good ones for me, too. It's not... Um, it's not as high up on my list as it is for you, but it's definitely up there. Um, I, I mean, I just thought that it was great. It's really, it felt like it was setting up something, you know, like it's setting up the last four episodes of this little half of the season to be, you know, something major. Cause I think Pandora's box is a huge plot element to bring into play. And I can't imagine right. that there won't be consequences for the fact that Rumpelstiltskin, the dark one is running around Pandora's box. That is just, I mean, I mean, that's like the equivalent of Regina with her diamond. Like, he's got, you know, I mean, he's wanting to have his finger on the button with it, with that. So I'm really excited to see how it's all going to play out and, you know, how it's going to end up and, you know, what the what the problem is going to be for the next half of the season because I do feel that it's getting there. Um, I mean, I just, I thought it was really great. I'm loving, I mean, like like you said, all of the, pretty much all of the Peter Pan characters were together in the same episode. Okay. The only person who was really missing was, you know, Smee. Um, you know, we, you know, we even had the crocodile with Rumple being there a little bit. Um, yes. and then, you know, so, so Smee was missing and, you know, Tiger Lily. So if we could find some way to get Tiger Lily in there by the end of the season, I think that that would be awesome just because I want to see the complete, you know, I want to see everybody that there is, but you know, I'm, <laughs> you want that probably won't happen, that. but I do want to see Tiger Lily. You know, so funny is when I went to Disneyland, I met these Disney bounders and they, uh, they do this totally awesome Peter Pan and, um, uh, Tiger Lily cosplay like Disney Bounding. It was totally awesome. They did a really good job with it. So it's one of the more popular ones. All right. So, you know, now I want to get into Wonderland. And I want to, you know, kind of talk about another topic, too, before we get into this, which is the ratings. Because they were, you know, steady for once upon a time again. Um, you know, it's the top scripted drama on Sundays. 
Um, you know, and of course, the great episodes that they're giving us are probably a reason why that is. Mm. The same cannot be said for Wonderland, um, which I am very sad to say because I like Wonderland a lot, but they are down um, a lot, actually, I think. And I really do just want to touch on the subject for just a second because it's kind of frustrating as, as a fan of the, of the universe that they've got set up. Because originally, as I understand it, Wonderland was supposed to be in the bridge between the two halves of season three of Once Upon a Time. It was going to be on Sundays at 8 o'clock, you know, and, and that was going to be the plan. I mean, it was never anything, I guess, officially confirmed or who knows. But I thought that's going to be how it played out. It seemed that's how it was going to play out. And I was really actually looking forward to watching Wonderland in the bridge because I realized that it's going to be a little bit of a break in between the two halves of season three. And I really wanted there to be something to, you know, to take that place on Sunday. And Wonderland, I just thought, was the perfect thing to do so. And, you know, while I'm really happy and excited to have two shows on right now, you know, and to have Wonderland and Once Upon a Time to look forward to every week, I'm really kind of frustrated because I feel like the Thursday night plan slot at 8 o'clock for Wonderland has a huge effect. It's one thing that has a huge effect on the viewership because it's going up against the Big Bang Theory and a little bit of football and, you know, the, the I mean, it was, I mean, it's, I don't know why they didn't put it on Sundays at eight o'clock in the break. Like we would have happily mm. watched it then and, you know, had it go, you know, to the end and we could have got another one out of it because now I feel like if, you know, if the ratings keep going down and it keeps getting worse, then we're not going to get another one. We're not going to get another Wonderland story, and we're, you know, we may not get Once Upon a Time in Oz or anything else. And I right. don't feel that, you know, I, I do like the show. I think that there are a couple of things that are, you know, that it's got going for it that are just totally awesome, and there's a couple of things that, you know, I do think that need improvement. But I think that every show does in the first season. I mean, so, I mean, who knows? But I just, I feel really strongly about this because it's, it's disappointing because I was really looking to forward to Wonderland and seeing more of it, you know, seeing it, you know, in the bridge in between the two halves of the season and the fact that now, you know, it's ratings are going down and we may not get another one. It's frustrating because I, you know, I wanted another one. I know a lot of fans, you know, were looking forward to having another one. So, you know, I don't, I don't know. That's pretty much my little tangent on the subject. I just think that it was a mistake and, you know, I like Wonderland a lot. I'm going to see it through to the end. I think that everybody should watch it because it's a fun show and it, it is really related to Once Upon a Time more than you would think. Um, and it's and got it a lot of the same quality. And it gets better every single week. Yeah, you know? it really does. I, I mean, feel it like is it has gotten better every stronger. Week. So, yeah, go ahead, Amy. What, how do you feel about this whole topic? I was just going to say, I mentioned before that I'm an Alice in Wonderland freak, so I was going to watch no matter what, and it's Once Upon a Time, which made it even better. And I do feel like a lot of people, like the first that kind of was very fast, and it had a lot to cram in, but it has really just gotten better week after week, and I'm with you. I'm so frustrated because Once Upon a Time is doing so well, which is great. It's the top scripted series on Sunday nights, but Once Wonderland, our fan community, for some reason, has not gotten behind it. And it's not, we're not going to get the Once Upon a Time extras if this series doesn't succeed. And it does get better every single week. And the twists and turns and the characters that you think that you can't stand one week, the next week you find out this whole backstory about them. And it's 
you're like, oh, my God, I love that character. But I do agree yeah. it's a horrible time slot that it has to go up against. I mean, you've got Big Bang Theory, you've got football. I think another station has Vampire Diaries. Um, there's a bunch of stuff going on that night. So it's a really bad time slot. But I wish that our once fan community would get behind it and help, you know, really watch it and get into it, help bump the ratings, tweet, you know, get your friends and family to watch. Because I'm just so frustrated because if this doesn't succeed and it's a good show if it doesn't succeed yeah. when this one it ends we're not going to get any of the extra once upon a time it's like the idea was after this we would get something like once upon a time in wonderland or once upon a time in you know another area or land that we haven't seen yet so and there is they've even teased there's more once upon a time storybook crossover coming with Wonderland, which we've already seen some. So we're seeing, like, some of our old favorite characters and these new characters. But I just, I mean, I even the actors live tweet the episodes on Thursday nights. I've talked to Sophie Lowe and Emma Rigby, who play Alice and the Red Queen, multiple times on Twitter. Mm -hmm. They're really, really great with the fans. And, I mean, if I could make one huge request for our fan community. It would definitely be for everybody to try and get behind this show. I know it's a hard time slot, but it really just gets better and better every week. And if we want yeah. more once upon a time, we've got as a fan community, we have to get behind it. Yeah, I, I am completely in agreement with you on that because you know, I mean, whether, you know, it's a bad time slot or not, we, I mean, there are other ways you can look at it. They've got it streaming online, you know, there's DVR, there's on-demand, there's all kinds right. of things. So, you know, and it really is a good show. Like you said, it does get better every week. I really feel like that. Um, at first, you know, I mean, I've liked the Red Queen from the beginning, but her story mm -hmm. has gotten, I mean, it's much more interesting now, and she's a much more complex character, you know, at this point than I was expecting, and we don't even know that much about her yet. I mean, we only know, right, right. You know a couple of things about her history. We don't know a lot of detail, but the stuff that we do know makes her just as interesting, if, you know, as Regina on Once Upon a Time. And they're, you know, both the queen in that situation. Like, but it's very, very different. So, I mean, it's, I mean, I, I really, you know, I'm with you on that. Like, the fandom does need to get behind it because, you know, not only because it's, I think that this is a good show and I want to see more of it. I want to see more Wonderland stories. But I want to see, you know, Once Upon a Time in, the, you know, the land without color, you know, like, you know, Dr. Frankenstein's world from, you know, the doctor and in the name of the brother. Like, I think that, you know, them, you know, being able to tell those kinds of, you know, classic stories, you know, like stuff from, you know, Edgar Allan Poe or anything like that would just be totally awesome. I think that, you know, the spin that they could do, the universe that they could create, you know, and have it, you know, interweaving throughout each other is just, you know, a totally awesome possibility. And it's, yeah, it's really frustrating to see that the show isn't doing that well. And, you know, as far as Sophie Lowe and, you know, Emma Rigby goes, they were, I mean, you know, I did meet them at Comic-Con in July. They were really, really nice. Um, you know, they like you said, I mean, I was just, I hadn't even seen the show yet, but I was just a fan looking forward to something else in the universe. They were really, really nice people. They're really, really funny on the show, you know, too. Like, Michael Saka is just, I mean, he is so hilarious, like, I really like Wonderland a lot, and it's just, it is really frustrating to see that, 
you know, it's not doing as well as it could. So I really do encourage everybody to, you know, give it a, you know, watch it. It's freaking awesome, right? I mean, it's a good story. There are a couple of things, you know, like I said, that I think it does need help on. I would like a little bit more focus on Alice and Cyrus because right now I feel like the Red Queen and, you know, the Knave of Hearts, their, you know, story, you know, their history and everything is taking attention away from the main focus and, you know, a little bit with Jafar too. Like I want... Alice and Cyrus, like, I want there to be movement. Like, I want Cyrus out of the cage. Like, just get him out of the cage. I don't care if he's, like, just, you know, escaping the palace and beyond, you know, Jafar's little hideout or whatever. He just escapes and that's the end of it. But we need to get him out of the cage because I'm tired of him being there. Like, something needs to happen with that. You know, that's the other thing that I think is kind of, you know, it's affecting the story, at least for me. I want more Alice out of this. I mean, I do. I really like the Red Queen and the Knave and I love Jafar, but I want more Alice. I do. I want more right. Alice and Cyrus. I really like them. I think they're really cute together. They've got really good chemistry. And I think that Alice is, an, is a good, just a good character. She has, to, so far, I have yet to see, you know, anybody else really have to jump in and save her a whole lot. Like, she can really handle herself. And she's, you know, a, a really good example of a, of a woman character who can yes. handle herself. Like, in that you know, first even episode. though you like. Oh. In the pilot? Yeah, the first episode, she was kicking ass in the asylum, and I was just like, well, go ahead. I'm just going to pop some popcorn and watch the show, girl, because you're just going to kick every security guard's ass, so you go right ahead. Yeah, she, I mean, she was tougher than any of the boys we've seen at that point, and, I mean, it was so good, and now we're starting to get all these little juicy tidbits about Jafar and the Red Queen and Cyrus. I think that probably this coming week he probably will get out of the cage. Is what it looks like. Yeah, I th- yeah, that's, so. that's kind of what I'm expecting too. I'm I'm hoping so at least because oh my god, then he needs to go. And by the way too, just want to drop this little note because you know before we actually get into the online discussion, I think that the old man who is in the other cage is the Sultan mm-hmm. and Jafar's father. That's who that's I'm calling I it now. So that's too. who I think it is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's that's who I think that it's going to end up being. So. Yeah, so there's that. So anyway, this week on Wonderland, um, you know, you know, um, the Red Queen was basically told by Jafar that she needs to kill Will, the Knave of Hearts, who's also Will Scarlet, you know, from Robin Hood. So um, mm. there's that. Um, so it was just, and of course she didn't want to. She was going to let him go, but then like they had this whole argument, and it was, and I've heard, I think, you know, I think I've heard a couple have that same kind of argument. Not necessarily about, you know, not getting their head chopped off in the middle of Wonderland or anything, but certainly I've heard, you know, the kind of argument where it's somebody saying, you know, don't tell me what to do. That's exactly what I'm going to do. Is she telling me not to do it? So right. I was just like, well, I've heard this before. Like, this is this. I can relate to this a little bit, I think. Like, I, I believe I heard this conversation at least once in my life. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was, I just thought that was really, you know, interesting. And, and Jafar's history with, um, with, what was it, Amara, right? Oh, my God. Like, yeah. Okay, spoiler alert, everybody. So, you know, you've got five seconds to, you know, turn the tuner so you don't have to hear this on the radio because we're going to talk about some spoilers. Okay, okay. So Jafar's staff is Amara, the woman who taught him how to use magic. Oh, my God. Dub the F. I totally, like, was like, wow, okay. Was not really, wow. That was just an awesome little touch. Like, that's where the staff came from? Are you kidding me? And then, and yeah. then, it blinked. The red eyes blinked at one point, and I was like, okay. Okay. Yes, I like, love I, it. I can roll with this. Like, I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. 
And Sarah mentioned she was in Lost with him, and they they were in Lost together. I love that where they bring in people that have worked together before, and you see them in a whole new way. I thought it was so dark that they made her that that's what his staff was. I love the eyes blinking. I like too for those of you who are listening. I don't know if you noticed, but we saw. You know, in this week's episode, he's trying to get all three lamps, and he has to be the one in control of them. Well, we saw the other lamp. We saw Sydney's lamp, the one that we've seen in, uh, you know, Storybrooke and in the previous episodes of Once Upon a Time. So maybe that, that's what I'm thinking, maybe that has to do, because Adam sees that there is more Once Upon a Time crossover coming. So I'm wondering if it has to do with that lamp. Because that was yeah, I really, you know, Sydney's lamp. Yeah, I want to know about that too. Because you know there is there's Sydney's lamp, which you know we saw that in the book, and I don't remember what color his smoke was when he came out of it. It was either like red or was it blue? I can't God, I can't remember. Scott, my apologies. I can't even believe I can't remember what color it was. But yeah, like his smoke was you know it was one color, and then this genie smoke was like orange, and I was like, okay, that's right. interesting. And then Cyrus's bottle is the third one, and that's different. So, okay, we've got Cyrus, and we've got, you know, uh, the, well, the genie of Agrabah, the mirror, Sydney. He didn't really have a name. Mm-hmm. He's just the genie. So we've got the genie, we've got Cyrus. But, yeah, who's the third one? Like, from what exactly. story? Like, who was the third genie? Like, because I'm wondering if they're going to go, like, the animated movie route and have, you know, the third genie be something where it's like, you have to wish yourself into being a genie or something like that, like, to do what he wants to do. And then, you know, phenomenal cosmic power. Yeah. All right. So, I'm, you know, I'm thinking that that's, you know, I'm wondering if that's my, you know, maybe what it might be. But, I mean, I don't know. Like, there's – because I wonder if Aladdin is going to come into play on Wonderland. I mean, if the actual character or if he is Cyrus or, you know, like Angela who was in – who's, you know, in the chat room – she was wondering, you know, if the Sultan is Jafar's father, does that make Jafar Jasmine's half-brother? And I'm like, oh. Right, I like, thought about that, too, when question. I was watching the episode. Mm-hmm. Crazy. So much stuff is going yeah. on. And the lamp was there, not there, only in the book. He, had, he already had it on his shelf in this episode. He had Sydney's bottle already. Exactly. Only yeah, he already one. had it. So, so I'm, I'm like, like what? yes. And it, you know, and it makes me wonder, like, how it fits in the timeline, because how did – and another question, too, which I never kind of really thought of before, is how the genie – how jeez, I can't even talk. How did Sydney's lamp end up on the lake bed, like, on the shore of King Leopold's, like, kingdom? His if, kingdom, right, I mean, right. Yeah, and then, and then Agrabah is over there. Okay, so then mm-hmm. – how did it get over there, and where does that fit in with Jafar and Wonderland and the genie and like, and if Sydney is now out, he's not a genie; he's in the mirror now. How does that? How does that work? Like, is what? Like, okay, maybe, I know, they'll, right? maybe they'll tell us. But now, yeah, now I'm raising all kinds of questions about you know Sydney and that lamp and yeah. what? Yeah, because he's well, still, remember, he's in freaking Storybrook. Like, so oh, yeah. maybe he's not. Oh, maybe he, oh, wouldn't that be, oh, wouldn't that be something Amy Irma heard? Like, wouldn't that be some, some stuff if, like, um, you know, the crossover with Storybrooke is that he went to, 
you know, story like Jafar went to Storybrooke and got Sydney out of the crazy house, the asylum, and like turned him back into whatever and put him back in the lamp, like or something like that. Mm. Wouldn't that be something? Like, oh my gosh, that, that yeah. would be. And remember too, I think we're gonna see some kind of weird twist that happened too because remember in the first episode, Cyrus mentioned to Alice, she's like, well, why don't I just wish you to be free? And she, he's like. Well, that people have tried before, and it doesn't work well for either party. So it almost makes me think maybe at some point Cyrus wished a genie free, and that's how he got stuck in the bottle being a genie. Or I think that is going to play into something, too, because he specifically said someone's tried before. It ended up badly for both people, or it's been tried before. So... Yeah, yeah. I, I I would love to see if Jafar went to Storybrooke and got the lamp from Gold's shop. Maybe just the fact that he was the new owner of the lamp pulled Sydney from the mirror and back into it. Because whoever owns the lamp yeah. is you know has the genie. So maybe that kind of overshot Regina's little thing there, where he got put into the mirror. Yeah. Oh my God, there's so many options. Really, like this is why I love Wonderland so much because it. I mean, it's it's crossing so many different things for me. I mean, so many different parts of being a of you know a Disney fan and a fairy tale fan and you know just somebody who likes to read a lot. Like they're crossing so many things together now. It's just, I mean, it's mm-hmm. totally awesome. I'm I'm loving every single thing that they're doing. I mean, I I'm God. I just I want more Wonderland. That's why people need to watch it, like, because it's totally good. And, you know, if we watch it, then we get more of it, and then we get more of the total Wonderland goodness, and, you know, it'll just all be sweet. So, yeah. All right. So, let me see. Were there any other little observations that you had or anything else that you want to, you know, bring up there about Wonderland or, or Once Upon a Time? Any, you know, little Easter eggs that you noticed or anything else? Definitely. Maury talked about the hidden Mickey from Once Upon a Time and the you know, we talked about the in Pandora's box and then John and Michael with the, the teddy bear and wearing the glasses and somebody in the chat room mentioned all they needed was an umbrella to talk at and then that whole scene would be perfect. I just, <laughs> I just can't even stress enough if everybody just, even if you DVR Wonderland, just kind of, you know, DVR it. Watch the first three episodes and get behind it. I know Adam and Eddie, yep. the creators, and all the writers are even really great on Twitter about talking to the fans, and they really appreciate the support. So I would be so, so happy if next week for Enchanticon we get the ratings down from Once Upon a Time in Wonderland and it's seen a huge bump. I would love to see that because we will be broadcasting live from Disney for our next podcast when we do uh, the next one because it will be the week of Enchanticon. So that would be That's an correct. amazing thing if the if all the fans could just get behind it and really show support to the writers, the cast, the show of Wonderland and just really, you know, get behind it and watch it, DVR it, and maybe we can make a difference for next week because we really do want this to succeed and get more Once Upon a Time and anything they want to give us for we're loving it. We want to see more conventions and more shows and more merchandise and more things like that, then these shows need to succeed and we really need to get behind them and show our love and support for the writers, the cast, the crew, and everyone. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And then one final thing about Wonderland before we get into the Enchanticon discussion about next week too. Um, you know, it ended with Will being turned into the statue. They also introduced the character of the lizard, which I'm hoping that there's going to be more to come with her because otherwise I'm not sure why she's there. Um, but yeah, they left Will as a statue, and you know, the Red Queen, you know, has you know, she told Alice to wish, and there's that. So, you know, it's, yes. you know, definitely a cliffhanger. We'll see what's going to happen with that. that. Yeah, she did. So I just, I'm really, and and also I noticed too. She said that she's not the same person that that she was when they met when Alice was a little girl, and I thought that was really interesting because I was like, I don't remember that happening in the movie. So, okay, like, well, let's see, you know, we'll see what happens. Like, we'll see what happens with that. I'm interested. Yeah. So there was all that, and then and then yeah, like yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. So maybe there was a second one to Wonderland, and you know, she, when she was a little girl, and we just don't know it. So, who knows? So yeah, like Amy said, next week our podcast is going to be broadcasting live from um, you know Orlando, Florida, because we will be down there for the Enchanticon convention. Um, like I said, there will be a number of us that will be in town in the days beforehand. So we're going to be uh, you know hanging out at Disney World and walking around doing that kind of thing. Again, you can come find us, and we we'll get you the unicorn you know, stickers and everything else. <laughs> you know, we can talk about what spot time if you like. Um, next week, the podcast is going to be on at a different day and time, so I want to make sure everybody is aware of that. We're going to be broadcasting on Wednesday instead of Tuesday next week. So next week on Wednesday, it's still going to be 8 o'clock um, Eastern, 5 o'clock uh, Pacific, um, and then 1 a.m. if you're in England with our editor-in-chief and our fearless leader, Big Bad Boss, Gareth Hughes. Um, very excited because... It's only like five, six days away now until I actually get to meet him and meet Chris and, you know, hopefully Amy, I mean, I know we're not supposed to see each other till later in the week, but I'm really hoping that we can like steal you away from your house for just a little bit so we can like hang out. I I mean, I know, like, because I've just, I am so like, I'm so ecstatic about finally being able to meet you as well and being able to give you a big old hug and everything and just sit down. Although it'll be dangerous once we do meet because we're going to sit down and just talk about everything Disney once upon a time. We'll be there for hours. So maybe you'll be first. We should probably do that on a day that we don't have anywhere to be. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So if you so just want to make sure everybody knows, yeah, next week on blogtalkradio.com slash once upon a fans. Uh, same time, eight o'clock um Eastern, five PM Pacific, just gonna be on Wednesday instead of Tuesday. So we're looking forward to that. And then of course the Enchantagon convention is November twenty second, twenty third, and twenty fourth. Our panel is Saturday at the twenty third, so there's that. The last thing that we want to get to actually is talking about the Once Upon a Fan um charity auction that we're going to be doing this year. It's our yearly um, event. Um, we're going to be talking about it a little bit more um, just right now. As soon as I get my notes out, there we go. So last year we worked with, uh, with kids, and we raised $14,000, and that was totally awesome. You know, this year we've got you know, a bunch of items that are up for auction as well, so we want to let you know about some of those. Um, we've got a couple of Laura Foster's knit dolls, which if you are aware of you know, Laura Foster, she's one of our Facebook admins, one of the people who helps run the site. We love her to death. Um, she makes uh, these really awesome knit dolls, so she's got a few of those, it's, you know, or at least the amazing Evil Queen doll. That and it's uh, Regina wearing her slinky red dress from, um, I think that one's from The Shepherd actually from the, season or, one. Is it The Shepherd? Or, or yeah, the heart is a heart is a yeah heart is a lonely hunter. Yeah, and it comes with her own heart box. So there's that. Um, we've also got a signed season two script of the episode Broken. It was signed by all the main cast members. So. 
you know, we've got that. Um, we've got a drawing sent in by our friend Deej of uh, Neil and Emma in the Yellow Bug, and it's awesome because Deej is an amazing artist. Um, we've also got some autographed pictures from Tony Amendola, and if I butcher his last name, I'm sure everyone will let me know. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Um, we've got a signed picture from Chad McElcollins, who played Gerhardt Frankenstein. Um, and he's got a signed uh, Blu-ray of his movie copy of, or Company of Heroes as well. So there's two things there. And then we've got some things from a couple of folks who make some stuff on Etsy that we can check out. Um, we've got uh, Polypack. We've got Vicky, uh, Vicky, I don't know how to say her last name, Sally, Sale? Sorry, I'm probably butchering that too. But yeah, we've got a bunch of things. And then we've also got the replica of Henry's storybook that I brought with me to uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Um, and it has all of the main cast signed it, as well as Adam Horowitz and Eddie Kitsis uh, right there on the very first page. Um, it would be really good for like a photo album, or if you wanted to, you know, write your own fairy tale in it or something like that, it'd be pretty good. There's a lot of pages in it. Uh, it's pretty hefty, so it would definitely be something that you'd want to check out. If you go to onceuponafans.com on the main page, as you scroll down, you'll notice kind of on the left-hand side that it, you know, it says the uh, the Stand Up to Cancer event because that's who we're working with this year. So it's right underneath. Um, the podcast information, actually, over on the left-hand side, you know, Once Upon a Fan Charity Auction, Stand Up to Cancer. All the information is going to be on that page. You can take a look at pictures of all the items that we have up for auction, uh, as well as watching a video of the storybook um, of Henry's. Um, we are going, you know, yeah. So you can go check all that stuff out, too, um, on the main page. Uh, Amy, do you have anything you want to add about the, uh, the charity auction there? I just want to ask you, isn't that the book that when Lana signed it, she signed, He's My Son, Lana Faria? Uh, yeah, it is. It says, He's My Son, and actually it says Save Henry in it as well. And they, you know, I'm pretty sure that that's the first time that Save Henry, you know, I mean, right, maybe it's come up in print. I'm, I'm pretty, I think, pretty sure that's where the hashtag came from. So, you know, that's pretty cool to know that, you know, that book was, you know, part of that if that's where it came from. But I'm pretty sure that's where it came from. I mean, I'm, I'm, yes. I don't know where else it came from. But, yeah, so it's out of the book, and it's totally awesome. Um, it's something that, you know, I mean, I just carrying it around, I feel like, I mean, it's, it's something that anybody who likes Once Upon a Fan or loves the show would definitely want. Um, it's, mm. I mean, it's, I mean, only, I mean, not to say that there isn't anything else that everybody would want because it's all awesome stuff. But it's not very often that you have the entire cast of the show signing something that is so closely related to the show as Henry's storybook is related to Once Upon a Time. So it's just, you know, it's a really good collector's item. We really want to raise a lot of money for, you know, the charity, you know, Stand Up to Cancer. Like I said, last year we did 14000 for with kids. So we want to try and get more than that this year. So... You know, right. make sure you go to the website, check out the information because, you know, cancer, you know, it affects a lot of people's lives. It's affected mine and it's affected a couple other people on staff. And, you know, we know mm -hmm. everybody, I think, knows at least one person, you know, who has been affected by cancer in some way. So, you know, it's something that, you know, definitely needs some, you know, some help solving. So the more money that we can raise, the more that we can do that. So definitely, you know, looking forward to that um, as well next week. Um for anybody who's coming down to EnchantaCon next week, there is the Fairy Tale Ball, which is happening Saturday night. Um, so make sure that you are all dressed up in fancy pants for that and putting on your finest to go join us. Amy, I know you can't join us, unfortunately, for the ball, but we'll be thrilled to see no, you beforehand and take a bunch of pictures. I'll be with the staff, but 
the whole day Saturday at the con, and we're doing the interviews and the panel. I am dressed, though, after the con and before the fairy tale ball, I already have an entire outfit. I'm dressing up so that we can do pictures because I want to get a bunch of staff pictures. I know the whole staff really does, and everybody's going to be dressed up. So we're going to definitely, I'm definitely going to be there for photographs and things like that. I just won't be able to attend the actual ball. So I'll be there all day Saturday with you guys, and then I'll be there dressed up for pictures and all of that stuff. And then I'll head back to the Disney Hotel, probably still in my full costume, so people will be looking at me like I'm nuts, but, you know, it's all good. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it a lot. Um, we've got a couple people in the chat room who are letting us know they're coming. Our friend Angie is coming, which is very exciting. I met Angie at D23, actually, and uh, she is really cool. She's pretty awesome, so I'm really excited to get to see her again. Um, let me see. We've got, of course, all the staff is kind of, you know, the staff members who are with Once Upon a Fan who are, you know, in the room right now are typing out. I am going as um, Sheriff Emmett Swan, not Emma Swan, but Emmett Swan, um, because I'm, that's just, you know, Emma is my favorite character, and that's just who I'm going as. Um, we've got our, um, our staff member, Maury, is going to be just a cloud of purple magic, because her dress is totally beautiful and awesome, and it looks like a puff of magic is swirling around it. So, I mean, that's pretty nifty there. Um, and let me see. Lori is going to go as Emma as well. So I'm very excited to take pictures with Lori, honestly, because, I mean, she's someone I've wanted to meet the whole time anyway, but as we're both going to be going as Emma, it's like, okay, picture time. Um, let me see. So, yeah, there's a bunch of people who are going to go. If you're going to go, please let us know. You can tweet at Once Upon a Fan. Um, you can tweet me. I'm at the Zach Van. Um, Amy, if you want to throw your Twitter handle out there, and yes. let everyone know how yeah, to get hold of you. On Twitter, mine's Amelia403, but Amelia is spelled A-M-Y-L-I-A, 403. And for the con, for the fairy tale ball, not the con day, but I am dressing up the way I think Maleficent would dress if she had been invited to a fairy tale ball. So that is what oh, that my is fantastic. Is <laughs> That's fantastic. I love Maleficent so much. And just on that note, by the way, um, they released the poster, the official theatrical poster for the film version of Maleficent, which is the Sleeping yeah. Beauty story as told from her point of view. Um, and she, Angelina Jolie is playing Maleficent, and she is on the poster. And the trailer for that movie will be released tomorrow. And I am very tomorrow excited at 9 a.m. Yeah. yeah. See, there we go. So um, if you're interested in that, definitely want to take a look. Uh, I can't wait to see it and then discuss it with you, Amy. So expect, you know, a flood of. Facebook messages from me in the morning because I can tell you that it's going to happen. As soon as I see that, I'm going to need <laughs> yeah. somebody to explode to. So, um, so yeah, that'll be really exciting about that if you're, you know, looking forward to that. Um, and then, yeah, next week is the episode Think Happy Thoughts, which is um, it's going to be episode eight. And then I want to make sure that everybody is aware of this too, that on November 24th, which is um, the next Sunday after that, the Sunday before Thanksgiving. Actually, no, sorry, I'm wrong. The Sunday after Thanksgiving. No? Right. I don't know no, my before. days. before. So, yeah, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, thank you, is um, <laughs> there will not be a new episode of Once Upon a Time because of the American Music Awards. So make sure that you all note that, um, that November 24th, there is not a new episode. The last episode of this half of Season 3 is scheduled for December 15th instead of December 8th. So make sure that, you know, you're not surprised that, you know, that week there's not going to be Once Upon a Time. Um, because that's going to be you know a little bit of a change to the schedule there. Right. Um, but we'll still so, have yeah, Wonderland. 
yeah, we'll still have Wonderland going on. Um, and then, yeah, next week we'll be doing the podcast live. We went over that. We've pretty much gone over everything. We're actually running good on time this week. We've got a couple of minutes left over. So um, one thing that I guess I would want to say is that for everybody who's listening to the podcast, um, I'll speak for myself, I really appreciate everybody who's you know, been giving us a listen so far. We've been seeing the numbers coming through, and you know, there are people who are listening. So we really appreciate it. It's kind of you know, still a new thing for us. We're still figuring it out. And we you know, definitely hope that you will keep listening. We you know, appreciate everyone who's given us your, you know, your ear for an hour and a half and hope that you're you know, enjoying the discussion. Um, again, you've got our Twitter handles if you want to get a hold of us on you know, social media. So um, you can you know, leave us any feedback that you want um, or you know, any questions that you want to ask, anything like that. Uh, Amy, do you want to have, you know, add anything on top of that little sentiment? Just that I definitely agree with Zach. We really do appreciate not just the podcast listeners, but we have so many people that communicate via Twitter and Facebook and in the podcast chats, and it's been a really overwhelming response. And I'm, I know personally I can speak for myself and a lot of the staff. We're so excited and overwhelmed and just grateful to be a part of such an amazing fan community and the support that you guys have shown us has just been beyond anything we could have possibly asked for. So we do want to say thank you. And if you send us questions or things that you want us to talk about or ask, um, send them through Twitter. We'll make notes. Zach and I always have like a running note going for the podcast. So if there's something you want to talk about, eventually, you know, probably next week, maybe we're going to try and get callers in. We didn't have time tonight because we had so much to go over. This was a big, big week for once upon a time, but we definitely yeah. appreciate everybody. So thank you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we, you know, we, our Facebook page recently passed over 25,000 likes. So, mm-hmm. you know, that is pretty, you know, really, really incredible. We're going to be talking more about this website and everything at the panel next week about, you know, for its Enchanticon. So we'll have a little bit more information for you about that next week. The show is actually just about to end. We've got just about five seconds left. So thank you very much for listening, everyone. Good night.